0: There never will be complete equality until women themselves help to make laws and elect lawmakers. Susan B. Anthony.
1: Hi, my name is Savannah Sanders Olson, and I'm going to be talking about the women's suffrage movement for my final in history. During this podcast, you're going to learn about the things women did in our history to make it so that we can vote now. Not only that, but you'll see what teenagers today think think about what women did in our past and how it relates to our day and age. The main purpose of the women's suffrage movement to, was to make it so that women should vote and have the right to vote, which they accomplished with the 19th Amendment after nearly 100 years of fighting. And when when, and where did they do their work? It was all over the younger U.S., but one of the first actual attempts to organize a national movement happened in Saqqara Falls, New York, in July of 1848. They had a march also during March of 1913 in Washington, D.C. What did
0: they do? What issues did they address? And what rights were being violated in what ways? They marched, they fought, and they wrote a lot about how women should be equal to men. The women who led the women's suffrage movement often struggled with what they should do, though. With having the following as ideas for what they could do. Seek the vote at federal or state level. Offer petitions or pursue legislation. persuade lawmakers individually or to take to the streets. They did also do some of the following
1: tactics and techniques of during the Women's National Party suffrage camp- uh, campaign. They did some traditional lobbying, which is to seek influence to a put politician or public official on an issue and also petitioning. They did some parades, pageant, park speaking, demonstrations, and mass meetings. One of the most important things to the NWP was Picketing at the White House. It was one of the concentrated actions that lasted for months and led to the arrest and imprisonment of many in the NWP. They had ac- acts of the civil disobedience in jail, including the following hunger strikes and retaliant force feedings by higher authorities. It shocked the nation and brought a lot of new people to support their case, as a lot of it was top
0: like the top page news. Who was involved? Elizabeth Cady Stanton, a mother who was from upstate New York, um, during 1848, the first women's rights convention, she authored the Declaration of Sentiments. It was an expanded Declaration of Independence, which was just having the word woman or woman added. It listed 18 grievances, of which are inability to control their wages, wages and property, even the difficulty in gaining custody during divorce and lack of right to vote. During 1848, she also circulated petitions throughout New York to urge New York Congress to pass the New York Married Women's Property Act. The speeches addressed the following issues. Maternity, child rearing, divorce law, married woman's property rights, temperance, abolition, presidential campaigns. During the 1880s, when she was 65 years old, Stanton started writing rather than traveling and lecturing. She went and wrote three volumes of the history of woman suffrage during 1881 through 1885, protested a passage of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 with her husband, and she helped a slave escape bondage after a few years later. During 1866, Lucretia Mott became the first president of the American Equal Rights Association. Lucretia Mott joined Elizabeth Stanton and Susan B. Anthony and declaring the 14th and 15th amendments to the constitution for granting people of color to vote but not women. Lucretta
1: Mott both these like both her and L- Elizabeth were the ones who led the first national movement for women's rights. Her and Elizabeth met when Elizabeth was on her honeymoon in London. They were both attending the world's anti-slavery convention. Mott continued her pursuit cr- for women's equality and was speaking at ensuing national women's right conservation and also published a discourse on women a re- resonated account on the women's susan b anthony was also one of the most visible leaders during the women's suffrage movement but was also a quaker and was she was also a, also always guided by the idea that everyone was equal under god gay and she also gave a lot of passionate speeches against slavery and she met elizabeth uh, caddy Staten, and the two became good friends and worked together for over 50 years fighting for women's rights when Staten was not able to vote because of her seven kids she would author speeches for anthony to deliver both got involved in the silver war war efforts and joined together to activate for this 13th amendment amendment which was to end slavery they both opposed the 14th and 15th amendments which gave the writing votes to men of color but did not extend to the franchise to women. They uh, co-founded the National Women's Suffrage Association, NWSA, in 1869. And during 1852, she attended a state convention with sons of the temperance and was told to listen and learn. And it went up against her Quaker upbringing, and she attended her first women's rights convention. During 1873, Anthony was also arrested for voting. And which methods were used to achieve that goal?
0: Leading up to the Women's March on Washington, DC on March 3rd, 1913, they did the following. Circulated petition after petition, regularly visited their congressional and state representatives, defriended congressional and White House state, started to master congressional procedures, cleverly worked from within and also had strong relationships with President Wilson
1: they also did some lobbying and petition, uh, petitioning and did the practice of exerting pressure upon office holders to change existing discriminatory laws it was limiting women's opportunities or curtailing their rights as political beings or even private citizens and was well established They did petitions, gathering of signatures, which was to demonstrate the will of the people, but and was also a time-honored political tradition.
0: Other things the NWP did was public protest and civil disobedience, pageants, parades, picketing and demonstrations, and arrest and imprisonment. There was also a
1: couple events that were very important during the women's suffrage movement. Like during the 1913 march, every woman that, step, uh, that woman took uh, mobs of angry men jeered at them and pushed at them and threw bottles, also trash. Over 100 had to be taken to the local emergency rooms. And it also seemed that the police started to join with the men and stopped trying to stop them. Which was very important because as you can see, a lot of men weren't very opposed, like, weren't opposed to the idea that women should be able to have the right to vote. A lot of them in the audience that were throwing the trash at the woman were often husbands or even just family members who were opposed to the idea that women should have this right. And how did this create a better union? When did this movement make real change for America? How so?
0: They made it possible so women could vote. Even though the movement didn't bring us together, as women have. Uh, suffered um, and struggled to organize a national movement like the 1913 march, um, it did bring us something a lot of women use today and make it so we are able to have our voices heard. Before, women were stuck at home, and they would be for decades after, but it was a real turning point. It made it so today we have the right to show which president we want to represent us and make it so we are able to be stronger.
1: What were the lasting efforts of the impacts of their efforts. They reinvigorated the national organization, made women's right front-page news, and members of Congress took notice and for the first time created women as as real constitute, constitutes and citizens. And how do we benefit from their work today? Well, first off, women can vote now. And when there's also a couple other things that happen One set women were able to vote when women were able to were granted the right to vote child mo- morality rates actually decreased by as much as 15 percent and there's also an increase in enrollment in schools and an increase on spending and, on education so what are some what are your ideas on this woman's suffrage movement and why do you think it impacts us today
0: well it really impacts us because um if say a divorce then if that husband were let's say kind of abusive then as women we have the right to take our child away from that environment so we can keep them safe.
1: Yeah can you expand on on that divorce a little bit more and what you think about it and if that would ever impact your life you think?
0: Well the whole thing about divorce kind of really started um after civil war um for white families, it became commonplace for suicides and divorces to happen. Not so much a case for black women um, and their families because black men would end up leaving, for the if they didn't want to take care of their kids. But this usually ended up with women not having, um, with women struggling really um, for their own wages to provide for their children, um, if they could keep the children. Um, And with divorces happening because of the strain on the family after the war, it became more necessary for women to be able to take charge and have, well, property, um, be able to provide and a lot of other things that with their women's suffrage movement, it really gave them those abilities, uh, not just voting.
1: Yeah, and as a teenager today, like, what do you think of this? And why do you think that this is so important to us today in this day and age?
0: It's really important to see, like, how far we've come as a country from, like, this was barely 100 years ago. It's so recent Mm -hmm. in history. Like, you can look back to, like, 10th century, and it's such a slow progress, but Um, since like the 18th century we've really started um, moving forward and we're learning to be less discriminatory between races and um, gender and sexuality that it's really important that we realize that we've come a long way yet there's still more steps that need to be taken as well.
1: Yeah there's definitely a lot more uh, steps that need to be taken but we've gotten so far and As like right now, there's not as many women who are stuck in their house and they aren't being affected by the right to vote because we have so many political leaders now in our Congress and around the U.S. who are women in like being political figures and putting their right out there and using the right to vote. And I think it's super important to to us who are turning 18 soon or even just in a couple of years to know the fact that our right to vote was granted through women who had to be arrested and had to be like attacked to even have that right. Yeah. <laughs> and like for us today, I feel like not as many women, you know, like take it for, like they take it for granted almost. And they aren't grateful for the fact that we have this right because there was so much effort and so much like grouping and organizations that were, trying to make it so that we can vote you know yeah
0: there was a lot of struggling um i remember in my history class reading about all this that like um susan b anthony and elizabeth carter um no stanton my bad um like they had a lot of trials and errors trying to get a movement together um and a lot of their um groups disbanded um like they even started trying to pair up with um this anti-slavery um society um and it was like going really well until they were stressing over like which suffrage was more important black men or um universal or women's Mm -hmm. suffrage and they ended up disbanding um after after that and because over the 14th and 15th amendment when it didn't address uh sex or gender Mm -hmm. so and then they started moving on to, like, uh, what was it, NWEA?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe so.
0: There's a lot of different abbreviations and yeah. a lot of
1: different organizations that put so much effort, you know, into mm-hmm. this. And I think it's super important. And I think it's really cool that it's the women's suffrage movement. I also just feel like it's not as gender inclusive, you know. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um. Like, what do you mean by gender inclusive? So,
1: I it's like, it, for the 19th, 19th Amendment, it talks about just men and women, you know? It doesn't really say anything about people who could be, like, not be going by any gender. Oh, like, yeah. What like, are your thoughts on that?
0: On the spectrum, um, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking, like, sex, so yeah. if you're born with male or female parts, then it's not, like exclusive but Mm -hmm. if we're talking about gender then yeah it does feel a bit um like those who are on a different spectrum and not just fall one or the other then it could be feeling a little exclusive to those groups Mm -hmm. or um you can joke around and say like Oh yeah, we don't need to be a part of this because yeah. you know it's addressing specifically men and women, and I don't fall on that spectrum. Like the rules don't apply to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can always you know joke about that, but then there's also the fact that there are people who are on that spectrum and they have to be. They want to vote because there mm-hmm. are pig leaders who don't believe in that and are really homophobic and transphobic, and it's oh, yeah. one of those things that us as teenagers, you know, our generation, Generation Z are experiencing a lot of troubles with and experiencing a lot of troubles within the fact that we're gonna be voting soon, if not a lot of them are voting. And it's just one of those things that a lot of us are scared by it, you know? Yeah, cause
0: it doesn't always feel like those who are um, in politics are really mm-hmm. uh, there for those who are on the spectrum. Like they don't really um, care for the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, and they can be homophobic um not just like racism today that still prevails um yeah but like that kind of thing is personally ridiculous since it's 2021 now Mm -hmm. but it's still a problem and it really does fall to our political people who are controlling a lot of the things that go on so if they are discriminatory then that hurts everyone else who is part of that community Mm
1: -hmm. yeah like i feel like whenever we look at our political people it's always older men you know older
0: white men yeah
1: always older white men and we fought so like not like specifically you know us but a lot of women out there they fought so hard for this right for us like for them to even be in the political system Mm -hmm. and i feel like we're not having as much representation i feel like we are like even this like Among gender and race I feel like there's not enough of them who are younger and feel like are able to be in a political system
0: like maybe they feel like they have to um those who are younger and who are in politics they probably feel like they need to be more respectful to their elders and not like maybe they don't feel as confident to like call people out Mm -hmm. as whenever they say something that's really out of line Mm -hmm. um But yeah, I mean, we've, you can look in history and especially for women, we've always had to cater to specifically white men because they held the power. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's still a thing. Like every political figure is basically white man, older Mm -hmm. white men. So trying to see more like women show up to the plate, um, maybe even hopefully those who don't fall on the gender, uh, spectrum of male or female um and more people of color joining into office that'd be really cool
1: <laughs> yeah i know that there's this one um she did inside so i believe I by she her and she's one of the younger people and she's in the pl- political system and i can't remember her name right now but she has made a real impact you know i've seen her on social media she's trying to bring this generation generation C into the photo because a lot of us are gender inclusive. Mm-hmm. We fall on different spectrums, you know, we're all different races and we're all trying to work together to this common goal, you know. And I feel like in the couple like at least a decade or two from now, there's gonna be a lot of us in the political system. We're gonna have the right to vote here in a few like few years. Like it's gonna be a real impact, you know, and the women's suffrage movement it was it was already an impact and very soon it's like our generation is going to be making a bigger impact if not just about the same
0: oh yeah definitely i mean you can even go back to the vietnam war Mm -hmm. where um all these kids who were um about 18 were wanting the right to vote at 18 because their lives were at stake and they wanted to have control over what happens as well since it government here in the us is we the people Mm -hmm. so we make the decisions it's basically our end of the say um yeah (laughs) our say so
1: it's definitely should always be our say you know especially the younger generation it's not going to be the older men who can be here within 10 years yeah it's gonna be our generation our gender like spectrum and how like we identify and our races and it's just going to be a whole different, you know, time. And it's going to be, we're going to be making a huge impact. And we're, I'm definitely excited for that. You know, even if I'm not going to be in the political system, I'm truly excited to see what our generation is capable of. Cause we've already proved so much.
0: Yeah. It'd be so weird and awesome to see all this progress that's going to happen once our generation is 18 um, and on
1: mm-hmm.
0: be really cool definitely going to be a lot more diverse. And hopefully we can all come together as a country since we're kind of broken up at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we've been broken up for quite a while now, especially since like the 2016 election. Oh, definitely. And it's been really hard on especially, you know, teenagers and especially since a lot of us at that time, were not 18. We didn't have our right to vote. Mm -hmm. And often, like a lot of the time, there are teenagers who don't feel like they identify the same as their parents and their parents could be racial like race racist. But for us, we're so like, we're so like used to having different races around us. Cause that's our generation that we don't identify with them. And we didn't have that right to vote cause it's so strict here.
0: Yeah. And there's also the thing that um, at those ages, we're usually really easily persuaded um, by our parents' political views. Mm-hmm. And as we're, reaching the point of 18 we're realizing um we're either going along with our parents still or we're realizing that um they're probably wrong and it's really hard for a lot of us to go against our parents and tell them that that's not okay what they're saying or um what they're doing could be taken bad and trying to stand up for ourselves our communities our friends who don't fall on a the same spectrum as male and female specifically or who are people of color um or who um love people that not a lot of people agree with um so we're starting to learn now that a lot of the things that we've been going along with since we were kids is probably not the right thing anymore
1: yeah like we've learned so much you know and most of the time it's not through our parents you know and most of the time it might not be through school because like one of the things is a racist is not born. you're not born racist you're Mm -hmm. breeded into that you're around it throughout your whole life and i feel like our generation has taken that definition and shattered it because we have proven against that we we don't have if our parents are racist, we don't have to be racist. We yeah. want to make our own path. And it's definitely showing through, you know.
0: Yeah. It's so just all about getting that confidence to really say this isn't right and Mm -hmm. it needs to be fixed, which our generation can be shaky on its confidence, but when we get together, we make things happen. It's Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: Yeah, it was amazing watching, you know, the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. movement and so many other movements that have happened that aren't being recognized as much you know, like a lot of them aren't appearing in the news, especially nationwide news. Yeah. And I feel like we need to recognize, especially that more, because very soon we're going to be having another movement, just like the women's suffrage movement, and we're all becoming com- be becoming together for the same common thing, and we're all going to be fighting against it, against our political system, because we're going to have the confidence one day. Because right now we're not as confident. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the confidence one day to go up against them, and be like, "Hey, this is not right. This is not us. We do not want this."
0: Yeah. This is not how America should be anymore mm-hmm. it shouldn't be racist it shouldn't be exclusive we are here to express ourselves as people and to be united as such a diverse group mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the religion it doesn't matter your race sexuality gender it shouldn't mm-hmm. matter anymore and yeah. that's how America should always be it shouldn't have mattered yeah. even though it mattered it seems to matter to so many people but it doesn't
1: Mm -hmm. it really shouldn't matter you know because we're all different and we're all going to be showing different preferences preferences (laughs) preferences in everything you know especially from like food to what we like and what we want in our political system but a lot of for that a lot of people are just showing the same common thing we do not want white old men in our office anymore we want to have more diverse people more younger people who meet the requirements to be in office and we want to have the people from our generation to be in there already you know
0: yeah and who are definitely more open-minded than those older white men who are so closed-minded and traditional-ish i guess you could say to the ways that used to be but should no longer be anymore
1: yeah like everything nowadays is just tradition 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 and yeah tradition is really important But you also got to take into consideration that tradition is never going to be the same. Each year, it's going to change slightly. And for our generation, we just want it to change completely. It's not us anymore. (laughs)
0: Like, keep up with the times, okay? Things are changing. We're no longer back to Civil War times. We are 2021. Things are so much more open that a lot of people need to just be more open about Mm
1: -hmm. yeah we need to have more nationwide news covering things that people are being open about and Mm -hmm. we just need to have these people together and just like we need to join together for the same common cause and we just I feel like a lot of us just need to be old enough at this point (laughs) and a lot of us are younger and I feel like that's just like even like we just as younger people we're still very politically active and Mm -hmm. a lot of older white men think or just like older people in general like parents and all that they feel like we shouldn't have that right almost
0: yeah like we're not as mature as they think we are Mm -hmm. um though you can argue and say that at 16 17 you're like pretty mature and then 18 is usually like the peak um usually when you're a lot more distant from your parents at least and your views of life
1: yeah, and relatives too you know like (laughs) relatives especially like they can have such strong opinions but we don't agree with that you know Mm -hmm. we want to shape our own narrative and we want to be able to make something that will be us in the future yeah we want to be in office already so that we can show everyone that we are capable of this we Mm -hmm. have the right to do this and we are mature enough for this it doesn't have to be older people like i feel like we need to change that narrative it doesn't have to be older people we can have people as young as like literally 20 like five who are ready to be in office but i feel like sometimes they just like don't aren't given the right to be in office that young you know
0: yeah a lot of it could be seen as maturity Mm -hmm. um usually you view your older people as more wise but that's not always the case i mean you Mm -hmm. can be 21 and be a lot wiser um, than a lot of your peers could probably be Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like a matter of experience instead of how many years you've lived in life and what of those years you've experienced
1: yeah. And like, especially with Generation Z, we have had so, many, so much experience, you know, within this. And we've had to be around this our whole lives, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, a couple of years ago, we had to watch our nation just deteriorate. We have matured a lot faster than other generations have because we've mm-hmm. been through so much. We have seen so much.
0: Yeah. We've seen so much in a short period of time that not a lot of people have always experienced, though you could probably look back at like the um, women's suffrage movements mm-hmm. and see a lot of change happening. But like, especially now, it's so dramatic. It's from one end to the other, from zero mm-hmm. to 100 pretty quick.
1: Yeah. And for them, it was like it, it was a really big movement, the women's suffrage movement. It was huge. You know, it's nationwide. We all, all of them are fighting for the same, like, same common cause, except for men being mm-hmm. excluded. But at, like, the same time as, like, one of the biggest movements, you know, it, there wasn't too many during that time. It was just a couple wars and a couple movements, you know, and when, especially when there was the... um Rosa Parks incident mm-hmm. and with, especially with like Martin Luther King that's when it all started kicking into high gear and our generation is just in highest gear we're just really pushing on and we are doing great you know especially yeah. for being our age and yeah thank you for being here Kat. Yeah, thank yeah. you yeah it, it was great talking with you yeah. thank you